We've had a great time reading through all of the YouTube comments on our submission video. It's been great. It's funny, I don't know how the submissive wife videos always end up capturing, I feel like a lot of people who are not Christians and just commenting on it um, really out of anger and, and... And trying to save my wife. Yeah. So we just wanted to talk today about um, why the word submission is triggering for people. Yeah. It's not, it's not only for women that submission is an issue. It's for men as well. You know, the first submission is to God. The uh, word Islam means submission. You know, they understand their religion is to submit their whole lives to God. And so when it comes to Christians, you know, there's this God submits to you kind of side of things that a lot of people can fall into of, I can live my life how I want to live it. I can do whatever I want um, because I don't submit. I don't submit to anyone. I'm free. I'm a free person. Um, and Paul talks about being a slave to Christ. You know, we don't, I, I'm not a fan of, you know, people who say I'm a slave or uh, I'm a wretch or I'm an orphan as their identity. But as a, as a understanding of a right relationship, a slave is someone who is owned, is someone who obeys the will of someone else, even above their own. And so for us to be a slave to Christ, to be a slave to God, it means that we submit to what he wants for us. Now, this is where the other side of this comes in of we are sons because he's a good father. So we must submit to his will, but his will for us is that of a good father toward a son. And it's the same for marriage. You know, for marriage, my will for my wife is good. I want her highest good. I have her best interests at heart. And so for her to submit to my leadership, to my will, is because I want the best interests of her at heart. Now, if we had to change this around and I was her boss, no one would have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the reality of most, uh, unfortunately, of most women mm -hmm. and most feminists is they will argue about this with their husband, but then they'll go daily. Um, be abused nine by to five. some guy just because he pays her money. Yeah, and be okay with it and actually encourage mm -hmm. young girls to pursue that career yeah. route. I saw a great meme on Twitter. Someone was like, my boss is abusing me and he's mean to me. What should I do? And like the girlfriend's like, you just need to pull your big girl pants up, big girl. This is the real world. And then it's like the next pain of the meme is like, my husband said a mean word and the girl's like, leave him. And it's like, it's a total double standard. You know, you understand this is one of the, we must understand why feminism was pushed and who pushed it. And feminism is, it's a useful tool uh, for the corporate elite, for the corporates. You know, women, they double the workforce, which halves the wages. You can pay women less because they negotiate less their pain threshold is mm -hmm. so much higher than men. Men can only take so much pain before they're like, I need to do something. Whereas women will just take the pain and will just drive themselves into the ground working for these corporations. That hate them. Because it's liberating. Uh, it, and they want to, these big corporate places and elites, they want to break down the family. Mm -hmm. And so by taking women out of the home, exactly. there's no one to raise your children or to even keep an eye on your children. You don't know who's raising your children. It's the random teacher at school. Yeah. And so all of this increases the tax base. So, so the government's happy because there's more taxes. The women get upset and get broken down in their spirit. And so they all start going on drugs. So this benefits the pharmaceutical companies. You know, they don't want to have babies. So they go on birth control or they have abortions or, you know, so there's this huge incentive for the pharmaceutical companies, for the corporates, for the government to have as many women as possible being abused 
in these corporate settings rather than being at home protected from the outside world. Another thing we, we've thought about as well is the role of the father and the daughter. So we are to submit ourselves to our father. And for a lot of uh, girls who are raised with either an abusive father or a weak or absent father, there's a lot of resentments there of like my dad either willingly exploited my boundaries or didn't protect me from other people exploiting my boundaries. And that is a huge uh, trauma. Yeah that is then carried toward God, is carried towards a husband. Actually, um, quite sad. It helps us hold space for mm -hmm. people and especially for um, women who have fallen into yeah. the feminist trap. Which is the majority of, of women in our Western culture, because if you think about it, uh, girls are taken out of the home, you know, eight hours a day, really. They're, they're out of their father's protection. And if their father's away at work or whatever, and, and then you'll go off to, to college, you'll actually move out of your father's home. Uh, and two things happen at college. The 18 year old girls know nothing of this bondage they're taking on that you can't get out of through bankruptcy or anything. And majority of girls are gonna pay that the rest of their life. So they're, they're being sold. Yeah. They are essentially being sold into slavery. They're being trafficked by their own parents to go off and be trafficked. In that academic system. Into the academic system. And then second of all, much more practically, uh, you know, all the boys who are there to, to sexually um, exploit. Uh, you know, there's an expectation for girls to uh, service the needs of the boys at college. Um, and that is liberating to them. And so, you know, there's this huge issue there, which all of this is a father issue. Mm -hmm. You've left your father's home, you've left your father's protection, or your father even sold you into it. Yeah. Um, and so we understand the, the resentment that comes up from that. But again, that doesn't, that, that exception to God's rule does not justify not following God's rules again. And so our hope in this video is to just address that issue of submission. It's it's a very triggering word, it's a very traumatic word. We're not a, ashamed of words, you know, if if a if a, a word is correct and people have memed it, you know, of like attached meanings to it that are either straw man's or not its correct meaning, that doesn't mean we now abandon the word and abandon it's like no that is the word, that's the correct word. And so we want to get back to a right understanding of we submit first to God, men as well, we submit first to God. Because a lot of people will say, oh, what if your husband's abusive? What if your husband's a deadbeat? What if your husband, all these terrible stories. And it's like your husband is not submitting to God, you know? And so you chose to submit yourself to someone who is not himself submitted to God. Yeah. And again, this comes back to having a father who's willing to protect you a lot of people get upset at weddings when they're like who gives this bride and the father says i do uh, and they're giving over authority of protection for a daughter to the husband uh, but that is the true reality you know so many husbands so many fathers have abdicated protecting their daughters so that they're when it comes time for the for the father to say i do the daughters are rightly resentful because their dad never protected them in the first place. Yeah. And so they're like, who the heck are you to give me away? And you look at the husband who's taking you on from your father and you're like, well, who the heck are you to protect me? I've been independent my whole life and protected myself my whole life. I'll do this on my own, bucko. You're just here to service me. And, and I grew up, I would say, very protected by my father. And even coming into our marriage, having gone through uh, the university system and then uh, living on my own for four years before I met Scott, I realized when we got married how much of that independence was hard for me to be like, oh my gosh, like, wow, I have really learned how to be completely independent and um, 
protect yourself yeah and how do yeah exactly how to ha have to protect myself and so that's why if we can get back to girls living at home <laughs> for as long as possible until they meet their husband i think that's the best way to go and obviously yeah. we live in a world that's made that very shameful or hard or challenging mm -hmm. um but i think it it just helps us hold space for um girls that haven't been protected by their fathers and that's Sadly, ninety yeah. percent of the girls of our generation. Our encouragement here, if you're a if you're a father, if you're a husband, is to take on the responsibility of protecting your daughters, protecting your wife, and you know you are responsible at the end of the day to lead, to guide, to protect, to provide. It's a wonderful burden to take on. As men, we it gives us meaning. It gives us a, a sense of purpose to uh, be the man for our, our family, the benevolent. Uh, ruler, the benevolent father, the benevolent husband. And for uh, the ladies, you know, you need to repent of your independence, of your protecting yourself. And we understand you've had to protect yourself. Yeah. But once you find a husband, you need to find a husband who will take on the job of protecting you and pro providing for you. And if you're a single girl and you haven't even had a, found a husband yet, you can trust that God will be your fierce protector. Mm -hmm. I felt that very much when I went into college that I did leave my father's house to go into college, but I could feel God being my fierce protector and he protected me from living a crazy college lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have that experience in college and I praise God for that because I really do feel like um, my submission to the Lord in that season um, is really what protected me. Yeah. And I would say as well, you know, if you're a single girl still figuring out what to do after school or, or even, you know, it's been you're after school now and you're working and career and all this stuff. Avoid things that make you fight. Avoid, avoid masculine, uh, masculine environments. environments. Avoid career paths that force you into the masculine of fighting and competing. You know, there are very feminine vocations that you can follow that are that are not there to make you fight. And, you know, so like being a lawyer, you're going to be fighting with mm. people all day long. It's all about disputes, you know, going into management, management <laughs> positions. You're going to be managing, fighting, competing, dysfunctional people all the time. So just be wary of what are you doing to your own feminine energy? in your workspace you know it's not it's not a sin for a woman to work outside the home it's not a sin for a woman to have a job or a business or a business or anything just understand what it's doing to you if your main priority in life is to be a wife and a mother make sure that that career that job that business supports that mission not squashes that mission mm -hmm. and uh, we actually have a whole video on uh, why we don't think girls should go to college and in that video we have alternatives for um, things that girls can do that are very feminine. And also something to think about if you are single is like, is this gonna be a place where I could possibly meet my future husband? And um, most men, masculine men, are naturally drawn to uh, their opposite polarity, so feminine women. And if you are in a masculine environment and you are putting on the masculine role, you're not gonna attract the masculine men around you because they're looking for a feminine woman. So put yourself in positions where you can still be uh, very feminine yeah. and be in, and even be around masculine men. And one last thing I just want to mention is um, people who have had bad testimonies of um, saying that they ha they did live a life of submission to their husband and their husband turned out to be abusive. Um, we're very sorry that that was your experience. Um, 
But that is an that exception. Happens, that happens in any marriage, whether you're submissive or not submissive. Yeah, if you are if you marry an abusive, horrible man, you're going to have that experience no matter what. And again, I think this comes back to the importance of protecting our young daughters and teaching them and what they should look for in a man. Again, we want to be in accountability to the men who, who do have abusers at heart. Your father, your brothers, uh, the men in the church, the older men and women in the church who who care for you and can see you know what is good what is not good for you through experience you want to be in community so that oh but he was so wonderful and then the moment we got married he turned into a jerk and started beating me and it's like did did you have anyone else around you and did you carry on your marriage around people you know yeah the whole reason for having people come to your marriage is that they are a testimony to stand and say we stand with this uh, covenant you know, we're going to stand alongside this covenant. And so it's like, if your husband's abusing you, you go to the people who were present in your life and are still present in your life. And, you know, you sort things out. You don't just, you don't just have a marriage all alone. And now he's abusive and all this stuff. And it's like, that's not submission's fault. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's abuse. We hope this video is encouraging and also clarifying. Yeah. God bless you guys.